Hey everybody, this is Peter Coulter and Chad Broussard, and you are listening live on another episode of the Mercenary Musician Podcast. Well, today we are talking about money management for the solo musician, which is a phone note that I have here. I got a, a whole set of phone notes where I keep uh, ideas for podcast episodes. When I'm Usually when I'm on gigs, they come to me and I write a phone note. And in this case, I'm looking at my phone note, and it says, title, Money Management for the Solo Musician. And that's all it says. So, we're, we're winging it. But, luckily for you, I know a lot about this. Uh, I've been doing this job full-time for, I'm going to say eight years now. We're getting up on eight years. Um, <clears throat> and I have gone through lots of different levels of income. Uh, mostly, mostly low <laughs> levels of income. Uh, my my income did like a hockey stick graph type of thing, right? You are familiar? If you're not familiar with that, picture a hockey stick where the uh, little foot part of the hockey stick is pointed off to the right and upward. So you got kind of a long, flat, low line, and then it kind of rockets upward at the end. And there's a lot of growth like that, which is um, to zoom out a little bit here. Uh, that, that can be a pretty common way for things to grow. You work hard on something, work hard on something, work hard on something for years, and it looks like you're just making really gradual, linear growth, and then it explodes because you hit this tipping point. Um, that is what happened to me. So, that being said, I have a lot of experience living on the long stick part of that hockey stick, and there are some things that will help you survive that. Um, granted, I also want to say... We're trying to shorten that hockey stick for you guys as much as we can. We would like this to be uh, pretty, pretty a steeper shot upward than it was for me. An expedited process. That's right, an expedited hockey stick, a shortened hockey stick. Um, <laughs> Junior. Yes, that's right. Um, so, uh, but in the in the meantime, while you're while you're kind of getting up and running, you need to keep your overhead low. That was my main trick. It's not even a trick. Keep your overhead low. If you keep your overhead low, you can do just about anything that you want. This is why we had an episode about this. This is why leaning on your uh, close relationships, people who care about you and want to support you and help you, leaning on those and not being afraid to take help from people is important. Living with mom, you know, living with mom and dad, living with a sibling or a uh, you know, if a friend is willing to rent a room to you for cheap, something like that, um, be willing to take that help and be, obviously, when you're taking that help, there are interpersonal skills that you need to make sure you're communicating with the person and so they don't feel like you're taking advantage and all that. Mm -hmm. um, but this is all part of keeping your overhead low. And when people ask me how I was doing it, you know, in the first five years of this, four years, oh, how do you how do you do that? Yeah, I'm a full-time musician. How do you do that? Well, I keep my overhead low, you know? Um, so there are basically so much of this stuff has been said a million times in finance books. Like it's basic, basic finance stuff. And a lot of the stuff can be found. And I, I do this a lot when I'm teaching guitar lessons, I, I point students toward other places they can learn stuff. There's tons of information online, podcasts, books, all kinds of stuff about, uh, finances, basic financial 
skills, which are not taught in schools nearly as much as they should be. Now in Florida, they are. Oh, really? Yeah. That's great. This year, DeSantis just signed the uh, financial literacy. You have to take this course before you can graduate in the state of Florida. Well, I don't like to get too political, but that is one thing that I agree with there. I don't really like that guy, but (laughs) but I do like that. You know, financial literacy is so important and we just don't. We don't teach people. It, it, it shocks me how many of my close friends, smart people, just don't know shit about financial financial literacy, and just like, what are you doing here? You're gonna you're you you're relying on social security. It's not gonna happen, folks. Well, that and it's just their willingness not to do anything about it. Yeah, that's even scarier. Yeah, Chad has recently started a career in financial planning, so he has got an especially close look at this type of thing. Yeah. Anyway, so. The number one rule for me is save your money. That's the that's the very first thing. And this is something that Warren Buffett says. He says, most people spend what they have on whatever they want, and then they save what's left over, which is often zero or less than zero if you're just spending on a credit card. Um, what a financially experienced or wise person might do is save first, and spend what's left over. It's just a perspective shift, right? Savings is the first thing you do. You can make this happen automatically, too. You can um, have, uh, you sh- should set up a Roth IRA. Um, it's a, it's like a 401k, but for people who don't have a retirement plan through, through a, like a job, um, self-employed people like myself. You set up a Roth IRA, you can put $6,000 a year in there currently. Uh, they change that rate occasionally. It was 5500 when I started doing it. You put $6,000 a year in it, and there usually when the government says you have an upper limit on something, that's because it's good, right? They, they say, well, this is too, too advantageous of a situation to let people just do this unlimited. So that $6,000 can be invested. You can't take it out until you're 60, 59 and a half. But all the gains that happen on it in the market or wherever you've got it invested are not taxable. So you pay taxes on it first, then you put it in this Roth IRA and you save it for retirement. Uh, And then the gains are not taxed, which is a big advantage. Um, I know that sounds really boring and dry for a lot of people out there. And it is actually, to be fair to you all out there saying this is boring and dry. It is not directly related to your survival as a musician, right? It is, although in the long term, it is your ability to retire, which is important. You're having a having a nest egg, very important. You don't have to put the whole $6,000 a year in there. But what I'm trying to say is you can have your bank account set up so that it automatically takes X number of dollars out of your bank account and into your Roth IRA. You can set things up so that automatic savings happen. Um, another way to do that is like an app like Acorns or Stash. Um, I don't, we're, we're not endorsing any of these products exactly, but uh, I use Acorns. I got um, a financially savvy older friend of mine who said Acorns is, is better than Stash. I don't actually know. I'm not taking a, a real uh, stand on that, but something like that where you can set it up to automatically draft out whatever number of dollars per week into your account. Um, That stuff is good. That's like savings that happens without you having to look at it is, is good. Um, I personally have a natural tendency to save. I'm just that type of guy. I go, Ooh, let's save this. 
And uh, not everyone is like that. My my girlfriend is not like that. Um, my one of my best friends who who lives um, lives with me not like that. He uh, he spends <laughs> and he's just like and they both and here, here's a kind of a uh, something they have both told me is growing up very poor. They were both they both grew up very poor and that's just first of all their parents weren't good with money obviously. Um, well, maybe that's not obvious. You can be poor for other reasons than that. But their parents weren't good with money. And uh, they didn't learn how to be good with money from their parents. And it was kind of one of these things where it's so money is so scarce, there's kind of this hopelessness to it where they're just like, we've got money, let's buy a vacuum cleaner or whatever. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then they justify it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, everybody, everybody plays the justification game sometimes. But... Um, Yes, if you if you know that you have that kind of tendency where you're like I'm a spender, I don't save. You can try to get help from somebody who is a good saver, and that's what these my girlfriend and this friend of mine have done with me. They're like, "Peter, I would like to be good with money like you. Can you kind of help me out here?" And to a certain extent, I have been able to, and we're still working on it. But that's another kind of trick if you if you know that you're not naturally a saver, uh, work on correcting that because the savings, I, I want to just say rule number one, save your money. You will never, you will never be disappointed that you save too much money. It's just not going to happen. Um, and the reason why that is so important in this line of work, I mean, put it this way, look at, uh, the COVID situation in 2020, right? March of 2020, everything starts shutting down. April, 2020, everything's shut down. Um, I got my dates right there, right? Yeah. Uh, every, yeah, yeah. Yeah. March. Um, March 17th. So many of the people in my life were flipping the fuck out. And I mean, I was flipping out too, but we're, we're like panicking. Like, I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to get evicted. Uh, I'm not going to be able to feed my family. And I'm just like, how do you think that is going to like happen in the next six months or so? Right. Maybe this lasts a year. You don't have enough to like feed your family for a year. And OK, I, I know it's it's uh, it could be a lot of money. Right. Let's say you got a family of eight or you have a very expensive mortgage. That's I, I understand that. But to be like, man, I'm I might I might have like a couple months here. It blew it blew my mind how many people were like, I am fucked if this lasts for two months. I'm just like, man, that sounds horrible. And I am a great saver. And I was like, this could go on for a fucking two years. And I'd be, I'd be okay. And I know that's, that's actually a little extreme the other direction. Most people, uh, I think the textbook says you should have one year of savings if you got laid off. Like you should be able to survive for a year on the money you've got saved. Uh, I have heard that figure before. And I, I think that sounds about right to me. Um, if you can, if you can handle more then do more, but you don't want to be like, yeah, I've got one month worth of savings in case I lose my job. That is fucked up. That's not good. Um, and I don't want to panic you if you're in a position where you're like that. Just start heading that direction. It's not too late to start changing your direction, right? Save a little more money if you if you can. I know some people are, are living hand to mouth and that's, you know, its own, its own issue. Um, but if you're not living hand to mouth and you just happen to be spending all the money you make on going out to eat or whatever streaming services streaming Starbucks services coffee. all kinds of stuff um 
you know, pick a couple things to cut out and save a little more. If you can save, uh, you know, a little more, it will add up. Um, there's something called the savings rate, which is basically just the percentage of money that you save of what you make. And I'll pull this up on the phone. I looked this up the other day. And this, this is what I mean when I say there's all kinds of information out there um, about this stuff. So I, I, I was curious about the savings rate. And you just type in, what should my savings rate be? And what should your savings rate be? I'm just Googling this right now. At least 20% of your income should go toward savings. Meanwhile, another 50% maximum should go toward necessities, while 30% goes toward discretionary items. This is called the 50-30-20 rule of thumb, and it provides a quick and easy way for you to budget your money. Stuff like that, that is right there accessible on the internet. Super easy to find. How much money should I be spending on what? Okay, 50% on food and rent and shit. 20% should be saved, uh, at least. You can do more. And 30% you can fuck around with. So do that if you're making five grand a month, right? Just do that math. $2,500 should go toward your rent and utilities and stuff. Uh, where am I at? Uh, 20%, uh, $1,000 of that per month should go toward savings. And 30%, $1,500, the remaining $1,500 can just be your fuck around money. So if you got 1500 bucks a month to spend on having fun if you're making $5,000 a month, right? Um, and you break that down. You can break that down into weeks and you can say, okay, cool. This is my budget for, uh, play money. Right. <clears throat> and you might, you might even find yourself in a position where you're like budgeting that out. And then you get to the end of the month or the week and you're like, I've got an extra 500 bucks to blow. Let's go out to somewhere really fancy and go on a fucking, I don't know, jet ski ride or something, you know? So this, there, there are, there are like textbook rules about this stuff. It's not rocket science, just like none of this stuff is. There are just kind of textbook rules to follow here. Um, and so uh, just back to another reason why this is so important for a solo musician. You can lose gigs. You want to be able to lose gigs, like the, especially in the beginning when you don't have really solid gigs and you're maybe not even as good as you will be like as commanding and obviously valuable to the place you're working. Uh, it can happen where people are just like, you know, the live music thing's not working out and you lose your best gig. As they say, you got three gigs a week, you're making 500 bucks a week. You lose a third of your income. Boom, right there. You need to be able to live on what you have while you find more gigs. That's, you know, and it was the same when I, when I first started, when I first took the leap into uh, doing this full time, I quit my job waiting tables. I had saved a few thousand dollars, right? Which was the best I could do with the job that I had. And I was like, okay, this is, this is enough to coast into having this be a full time thing. And I was right. I, you know, luckily, and had I not been, I would have had to go back to the drawing board, wait tables again, save more money, live with mom some more and get, get another head of steam going and try again. But that's that's kind of what money allows you to keep moving, right? Money is, it's like, it's what allows you to keep moving. It's the gasoline in the car, Great. right? So don't run out. <laughs> uh, we're keeping these episodes short, but I think I should hit a couple more things, right? Talk about the Roth IRA. That's saving for retirement. That's important. Um, although, you know, that's a really long-term thing, and, and we're kind of more focused on liquidity. Uh, liquidity having we're more focused on the short term 
like kind of tactical getting off the ground as a musician. Um, and that's, so that's basically just savings. Um, you know, little check, check out the internet and say like, you know, for instance, if you're curious, what percentage of my income should I be paying for rent? Stuff like that. Right. Should I buy a house or should I rent stuff like that? Like these are things you can search on the internet to get a clear idea of where you're at and where the world around you is and what you should do about it. For instance, here's, here's another example of that. I was on vacation uh, last year, and I was last year was like a hugely record-breaking year for me. It was like I tripled or quadrupled my, my income. It was like nuts. Um, because, it, you know, hockey stick thing, right? Um, because I kind of cracked the code here a little bit, I think. And I'm on vacation, and I'm spending this money. We kind of planned a nicer vacation than usual. And I'm spending this money and I kind of started to freak out a little bit because I'm a saver, as you know, and spending money. It's like uh, it felt like scuba diving. If you've ever been scuba diving, the first time you go under the water, you take a few breaths out of the out of the uh, respirator, the, uh, respirator, a regulator, regulator, regulator. Um, you take a few breaths and you're like, OK, cool. I'm used to being underwater for 30 seconds at a time. And then you get past like a minute or two minutes and your mind starts to go like, whoa, dude, what the fuck? You're never underwater for this long. Are you not supposed to go back up? You're under there for five minutes and you're like, there's like a part of you, like, you know, you're fine because you're breathing. You're not like running out of oxygen. But there's a part of you that's like, dude, you should not be underwater right now. This is crazy. You don't belong under here. And that's like, that's what it felt like. Cause like I was spending money that like I knew I could afford to spend on some level. But my like mind, my subconscious mind was like, Red alert. dude, this is too much. You spent that much money. Are you fucking kidding me? And so I kind of like panicked a little bit and I went online and I said, how much money should I spend on a vacation? And I'll look it up right now. I think it was like eight to 10% of your income. And I was like, that is so interesting. I didn't know that was like a figure that somebody had like kind of put down. So in closing, the most important skill you can have here is saving, right? That's a skill. It's a muscle you can exercise. And you can set things up like uh, like Acorns or Stash, or you can set it up in your retirement account as well to automatically save. You can set, uh, oh, another, another idea that we're just going to throw in here at the very end is something I like to do is create a new zero as you're saving, right? Kind of like a ratcheting effect. So at first, zero is your zero, right? Then you save, uh, let's say, $1,500. And then a thousand can be your new zero. So you'll just think of a thousand as like that is the floor of my bank account now. These are like just conceptual ideas. Then you get up to three thousand dollars saved, right? And you put twenty five hundred dollars into your savings, and you keep five hundred dollars in your checking, and you say twenty five hundred dollars is my new floor. That's my zero. And then you just build on that floor, and you, I mean, if it's an emergency, then you could spend it. But basically, consider that untouchable money. This is the floor now. Okay, now I'm at $5,000 floor. Now I'm at $20,000 floor. And then before you know it, your floor is just going to be pretty high up there and uh, you'll be in a good spot. So saving, 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 saving. I know that this is not what a lot of people want to hear <laughs> because it's not fun to save for most people. For me, it is. Um, if it is fun for you to save, then you're already in good shape. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, and... Just make sure you're living within your means. Live, live within your, it, live within your means. Below it. Yeah. Live with, live well within your means while you save money. And, uh, 
get yourself to a point where you can keep your overhead low and you can keep this career going. You know, that's uh, that's what it's all about. Staying alive. If you, you know, burn out, and go bankrupt, you, you won't last. You need to have a little nest egg to survive, to survive, to get through emergencies, to get through. Yeah. All right. So it kind of meandered a little bit in the end there. We're, we're a little rusty. We've been on a little break here, but I think you get the idea. If you have any questions, as always, email us, follow us on the social medias. Until next time, folks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>